Welcome to Peter and Hannah's watch list. I'm your host, Pete Mitchell. I'm here with my great co-host, Hannah. Hello, people. Hannah, we're here for AFI Top 100. It's movie number 98. And so you know what that means. It's Yankee Doodle Dandy. Hannah, have you seen Yankee Doodle Dandy before that we watched it for the podcast? Yes, I've seen it once before. And I do own a digital copy of it as well. I have uh, seen it many times as well. Uh, it's from 1942, yeah. from the golden age of Hollywood. Yeah, one of the best movies. There used to be, I can't believe I haven't brought this up before, but there used to be a TV show on Australian television, uh, Bill Collins' Golden Years of Hollywood. Yeah. And he used to introduce a movie of the week, and Yankee Doodle Dandy was one of those movies, starring the great James Cagney. Yes. And it's the life of George M. Cohan. The elevator pitch. For those who have not seen Yankee Doodle Dandy from 1942, it's a biopic on George M. Cohan, the Broadway all-rounder, legendary American playwright, actor, song person... And it goes for two hours and five minutes. Wow. And we watched it on Apple TV. Yeah, we bought it. Off. Yeah. The Maker Studio, it was Warner Brothers. Good old Jack Warner. He Jack did. Warner produced this movie, Hannah. Yeah. Uh, of course he did. They were going through a great run at this stage. And they oh, continue- the 40s. Yeah, we've got some great movies. And we'll have one later in the um, podcast run, uh, Casablanca, but that was um, the year after yeah, Yankee Doodle Danny. So Warner Brothers, one of the, the big studios, still around to this day. Would you consider Warner Brothers your, your favorite studio? Uh, at this time, at, at, during this period, like out of the two big ones, which were Warner's and MGM, I would have given the edge to MGM. Yeah. I just like their musicals better. But nowadays, it's, I think it's it's hard to say it's my favorite. They do a lot of missing, yeah, as well as some hits, yeah. But it's better than money conglomerates as mm. today and age. That's yeah, look what happens now. Now other studios do techless, but you know some of the smaller ones are doing better actually than some of the bigger ones. If so. David Zadlow's winning, you're welcome to on the podcast and <laughs> talk about Warner Brothers and Discovery and John. I like I, I I do I think I do enjoy Warner Brothers movies though, especially during the forties and fifties. They were always competing with MGM, which was quite fun. Yeah, and so a lot of their movies were B-rated versions of whatever an MGM movie was. Yeah, MGM stealing were willing to, they, were, they were trying to... MGM would throw a lot of money at a movie and then they would just make a little cheaper version of that movie and it'd still do pretty well. Sometimes even better. Classic Hollywood. Like the studio system at the time, so um, actors, and we'll talk about this with James Cagney a lot, actors, writers, directors, um, cinematographers, they'd just be contracted to the studio and yep. then only make studio picks. Yeah. Uh, story behind it. So... This is where we uh, deep dive for the people listening to the podcast for the first time uh, behind the movie. And this is my favourite part. When we're watching the movies, then I do research afterwards. And I really love reading article after article about the movies. And AFI were really lucky. They do a lot of articles about these movies because they're, they're yeah, on, a, they're, on the list. I just love you telling me and going, oh, yeah. really? So, <laughs> we're about to go into the, at that uh, stage of the podcast. Uh, so the story behind it, 
um, we asked the question, was it a book, was it a script? It's actually based on the true life. a autobiography from George M. Cohan. He wrote that when he was 45. Uh, he was sceptical about movies because he only starred in a couple. And Jack yeah. Warner was chasing him down to tell this story. And he said, mm. you can be involved, you can have some money up front, and you can have some of the gross as well. So yeah. he finally signed on to do Yankee Doodle Dandy. Koham uh, uh, was heavily involved in the script. Um, he wasn't heavily involved in production because he was he became gravely yeah. ill, and he passed away um, not long after the, the film completion. Film completion. Yeah. They actually brought up the premiere. Um, it was supposed to happen on July 4th, which is Independence Day, which is a big um, kind of, t- a kind of deal for Yankee yeah. Doodle Dandy. Uh, and they brought the uh, the release date up to June uh, 6, 1942. Yeah. So it was about Cohen's life, but Cohen's life was it was a mystery um, only as, to Cohen. As most entertainers, uh, yeah. especially during this age. July 4th? Yeah. But he actually wasn't. He was born on July 3rd. So, so as usual, Hollywood. Uh, but born on the third of July. It doesn't. Does this sound? No. Uh, he wanted to. Only wanted the film to focus on his triumphs. It didn't want yes. him to focus on any of his personal life at all. Wouldn't we all want that? So what ha- ended up happening was he he went from having two wives in real life to only having one. Yeah. And it's not even based on any of their names. It's based from a, a middle name of one of them. <laughs> it also didn't mention any of the children that he had. Nope. And his daughter later, when watching this show, uh, watching this movie, said that this is the life that dad actually wanted. <laughs> I know, that's such a... That's cool. That's a harsh line. Uh, it also moulded uh, many characters into one another, which is okay in movies, you know, we're not here. Yeah, no. um, but it also muddled up the... The um, the timelines. It also model up the 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 fire. Um, his father actually passed away second of his uh, family. Yeah. And his mum passed away last. Yeah. The the Cohen story. He was um the son of two uh, vaudeville stars. Yeah. And the co and then he had a sister and then they became the four Cohens and they'd yeah. go around all of America and perform their shows. Mostly comedy, but they also did some serious stuff as well. He wrote songs. He wrote plays. He had 40 plays. 38 of them were comedies. Yeah. He ha- At one stage, he had five Broadway shows on Broadway at the same time. Yeah, that was crazy. The big statue in the middle of Times Square, that is George M. Cohen. Yeah, the Mr. Cohen. His famous songs, um, Give My Regards to Old Broadway. Yeah. The Grand Old Flag. Yep. Over There. Over There. Uh, Yankee Doodle Danny, of course. I would also put my hand. My personal favorite of his musicals is Little Nellie Kelly. It's was made into a film with Judy Garland, and I really I like that one. Cute song. So, let's put um, George M. Cohan's life into perspective a bit. So he had the talent of producing plays mm. like Andrew Lloyd Webber. Yeah. He had the lyricist of. Um, Little Mom Miranda and yeah. Tim Rice, the writer of Lion King and stuff yeah. like that. But also, but he, but he, he also acted. acted. So, so he was like the Neil Patrick Harris, the Jonathan Groff of these days. Uh, he had the song, the dance, the acting. He did it yeah. all. He does. It is like Little Mom uh, Miranda, like 
Yeah. In the 90s. On steroids, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> doing that much work. It's insane. Uh, a couple other things about the movie. the One of the wives um, being excluded from the story tried to sue Warner Brothers. Of course. It didn't happen. It didn't, um, no, didn't go well it's too not well a, for It's not their story. <laughs> it's, it's, it's his. He had the choice. Uh, George M. Cohen wanted Fred Astaire to play him, but Fred Astaire yes. refused because their j- dancing styles were very different. Yeah. Fred Astaire, very, like, Yeah, charming. fluid. Yeah, he had ballet background. Um, well, it's also, it's more so his, it's, not challenging enough yeah. for him as as a because well, he Cohen was, was a, musical. Cohen was a um, straight legged dancer, so yeah. he had this famous straight legged dancing. Yeah, and Cagney really pulled that off when he was when he was. I'd also go. It's Warner Brothers, and at the time, Fred was leaving RKO and was going into like MGM Pictures. Yeah. So I don't think he like he didn't do that many with Warner Brothers. Yeah. So uh, the songs in the. The musical Yankee Doodle Dandy. They say they were written for the screen by George M. Cohen, but there's actually some songs from other people in there. Do you know that one of the songs okay. was actually uh, written by Rogers and Hart? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That would make a lot of yeah, sense. Yeah. So the one where he's singing about um, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, um, "It'll Be Right." Oh. That's okay. a Rogers and Hart. Yeah. Because yeah. I was thinking, I was like, because yeah, sometimes some of the music doesn't sound like because he, he yeah. I think his music. Yes, yeah, you can tell when it's. Yeah, like he did get uh, criticized for he uh, replaying the same thing over and over again. Yeah. He was, he was I, very patriotic. I also noticed he used you know tunes from other songs yeah. in his writing, yeah. and you know all to it. So do that's music nowadays anyway. So. So the title of the movie Yankee Doodle Dandy was after one of his songs. Yeah, I'll give you a little bit of background over the Yankee Doodle Dandy sort of bit. Yeah, so yeah. the. Yankee Doodle Dandy was a actual uh, payout from the uh, British soldiers in the Revolutionary War to the Yan- uh, yeah. Yankee soldiers. So Yankee meaning the colonialist, yeah, yeah. Doodle meaning they're um, not very smart, and Dandy as meaning yeah, they they called him Yay basically. Frankie, yeah. You know. uh, um, but I'd say you know what this film, this film. Uh, does not age well. No, yeah, there is it. there is some bits there. There's blackface in there. There's yeah, and unnecessary as well. Yeah, it, I don't get it. It's not a story. It was not used as a storytelling device, which it shouldn't yeah. be. But it was just there because well, he did it, so you know it's there. I would also just like a lot of the um, like just it's very much one note for storytelling in this because it's we're trying to put. Sunshine and Rainbows on a story yeah. of my life. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of um, montages in this movie. Yeah, which a monta- cool. the montages the montages were actually directed by Don Siegel, oh. and you might know that name because he's the director and the creator of Dirty Harry. Oh, okay. Yeah, so Don Siegel, um, he was a big on the montages. <laughs> he was montages, yeah, montages guy. Uh, there's a. So how the movie starts is, it's about George M. Cohan's life. He does the he, he comes back to, to Franklin Delano Roosevelt, who is the president of the United States during World War Two, and he was get he thought he was in trouble, but he was actually getting an award. This is said in the movie, yeah. But this is actually not true. Yeah, it's actually I, I, I think he was that's... actually given the award four years earlier, and he finally came around. He was actually it says that he was a Democrat. 
in the in the movie, but he actually wasn't. He was a staunch Republican, George M. Cohan. He was very conservative. He had very conservative views. It's one of the reasons why James Cagney didn't want to play him because Cagney himself was a a Franklin Delrosa New Deal Democrat, mm. and he was big on supporting workers' rights. Yeah, okay. George M. Cohan broke up a. A strike in nineteen nineteen, and he was um, Cagney was against George M. Cohan for that. The only reason Cagney play, ended up playing the um, title role was because he needed to be seen as a patriot because he was an accused communism. So yeah, it's always good stories when it comes around there. Uh, a couple of other quick facts before we move on to um, best quote. You. Um, Frank Delano Roosevelt's voice in this movie, that's actually the first time in movie history that uh, a president is portrayed on film and in sound. Yeah, that's the first time it's ever happened. Yeah. We've had it many times since then. But, yeah, it's the first time. Uh, last one, the famous cinematographer in this, um, James Wong Howe, he was a cinematographer in um, Sweet Cell Success. He had like 170 credits. Um, so he was the, the reason why the movie looks so great. Uh, James Wong Howe. Yeah. Uh, best quote. Um, my mother thanks you. My father thanks you. My sister thanks you. And I thank you. That's yeah. a famous, that's a famous that's quote. A, that's in the top AFI also. Yeah. So AFI not only does movies, but they do quotes. They do, stuff, yeah, yeah, they do leading mans. James Cagney, yeah. who played George M. Cohan, he's actually one of the Best performance. Yeah, so this is a good time to go on to um, James Cagney. He's starred in many great movies: um, Public Enemies, The Angels um, with Dirty Faces, The Roaring Twenties, White Heat. Amazing. He also did another movie as George Cohan in a um, Bob Hope movie. Yeah, so um, he was typecast as one of the bad guys, but he actually grew up as a song and dance man. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Typecast. Typecast. Really, really so this is his last ever movie that he did with Warner Brothers. Yeah, and on a high note. Yeah. So. so he really disliked the way that the Warner executives treated him as a star. He thought he was a lot more than just a gangster and yes, a thug. I understand that. I guess a lot of um, actors get typecast. It's yeah. Really, it's really hard to get out of it. Even nowadays, it's still hard for some actors to get noticed. Other people in this movie, um, Joan Leslie, this is her first movie. Um, her sing was partly dubbed in this movie, but she was playing um, an 18-year-old that moved all the way to a 57-year-old, and she was only actually 17 in the film. Wow. I would, she was in Sergeant York. I would give... Uh, Joan Leslie. Sky's the limit. Yeah, she's one of my... She's one of the best parts of this movie. Yeah. I just found it enjoyable. I, like, didn't... Lo- always love their relationship. Yeah, it's just, it, yeah, it's not, very one-sided. Not much chemistry. It was. I just love. There was just little moments. I just love. Yeah. She knew. Yep. Like he came. He comes home. Um. He get, he made a song to her, and then the song is given to someone else. And so he came home with flowers and chocolates, and he's discussing. You know, oh, would you do? Would you do anything to have this woman in the show? Blah blah. blah. And uh, she goes, I already know you gave up the song. I knew at the moment you walked in with flowers and chocolates. Yeah. Like, she could tell yeah, what she yeah. to do before you do it. And that's... that's well, she, I think because she was an actress herself, so she knew the actor playing her, sort of thing like that. I mean, but, like, 
because she didn't realize when she fe- fe- in the film yeah make up this romance that he was playing an old man yeah yeah sure it was him. yeah and it's just a strange <laughs> yeah and then it was like he's doing that and yeah, he kept going doing with, with that it, yeah and he kept doing it until yeah. she got so uncomfortable yeah yeah and she was kind of getting on to him it was a weird it was uh weird, weird me cute Oh, we, weird. weird me cute. And it kept going. Uh, the father in this movie is the famous Walter Houston, yeah. who is John Houston's father. Oh. And John Houston directed The African Queen, yeah. and he was also the father of Angelica and Danny Houston, oh. who are the oh. famous actors that are still going yes, around. Yes, yes. So, uh, Walter Houston ended up winning a Best Supporting Actor for The Treasures of Sierra Madre. Yeah, I liked him in this movie. Yeah, he was really I, I, good. I just, you know, he's just likable papa, you know? Uh, let's talk about the director of this movie, uh, Michael Curtis. He was Hungarian. Uh, he famously said that this was the pinnacle of his career, <laughs> uh, which is a card game. Yeah, probably. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's a strange way to describe uh, such a movie. I'll tell you why, because his next movie was Casablanca. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He also one. did uh, Robin Hood with Eric. Oh, Hunt. yeah, that's the yeah. That was and yeah. he also did White Christmas. Oh, he did. Yeah. Oh wow! One Wait, of your he just he just knocks it out of the park. Yeah. Like, hey, this is memorable. Yeah. Ah, uh, so produced by Jack Warner, wow, of yeah, course. Okay, cool. uh, was written by Robert Buckner, and now. He um, wasn't happy with the changes that were made to the script because the script was helped out by the Epstein brothers who wrote Casablanca. They wrote Arsenic and All Lace, and they were prof- prolific writers. Um, they also wrote one of your favourite movies, Send Me No Flowers. Oh, I do like that. Yeah. yeah. Anything with Dorsey. Gimme, gimme, gimme. Uh, okay, so let's talk about reaction to the film Yankee Doodle Dandy. It was the third biggest box office of the year behind Mrs. Miniver and a Disney movie classic, 1942, Bambi. Yeah, Bambi, Bambi. Thumper all the way, my dude. I was looking through the receipts of... um, So I, I was trying to get not the money, but like how many tickets were sold. In in the the ninth movie of nineteen forty two, you will not believe. What's that? Gone with the wind. Three. Oh, yes. You know why? You three know years why? after it was released, it's, it was still selling tickets. This is why it's the it was it's when you when you put in inflation, it's the most. It'd be it'd be like now. It'd be like now saying um, Infinity War was still the top ten movie of the year. Yeah, if it was because they just complained. Or Endgame, like, or yeah. Else, Mm. So that was um, that was reaction to the film. Read uh, Bockfosters. Now we've got critic, critics. Neil Tom was very positive of this movie. Yeah, they said it was a um, it's highly enjoyable. Um, James Cagney was an absolute um, standout in this yeah. movie. Variety called it one of the best musicals ever made oh, okay. at the time. Yeah. Um, oh. Awards. It won three Academy Awards and was nominated for eight, including Best Picture. James Cagney won for Best Actor. He beat out um, the great uh, Gary Cooper, who played um, the Pride of the Yankees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. But the next year, Gary Cooper ended up winning for Sergeant York. You know what I always say about the Oscars? They always make up that 
Gary Cooper's um, in Pride of the Yankees was unbelievable. I think he was probably better than James Cagney in this movie. And so Oscars <laughs> always make up for it. Yeah. Next year, Sergeant York. And you know who played his wife in that? Who? Joan Leslie, the same guy, oh, girl. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It all comes back. It all comes back. Uh, it won for Best Music and a Best Sound. Just looking back at the Oscars that year, there was a lot of nominees. They do big, big nominees. They do for sound and music. There was like 12 and 13 yeah, nominees. Well, you're talking about, we're talking about a year. In these musicals were basically what superhero movies are today. They're yeah. They're big blockbusters. Oh, but they, they also did um, cinematography for color, cinematography for black yeah, and white. Yeah, well, you have, you have two completely yeah. different sets of film going at the same time. Uh it lost out Best Picture to Mrs. Minifer, who was the second biggest um, grossing movie of the year. Okay. Um, I don't think it should have won any more. I think I think it was. I think yeah, they did well to the I three. Think it's Best Picture winner. Yeah. No. Yeah, I think it did well to win the three. I, yeah, I would give it to performer. Question. Uh, reaction uh, recently to the film. So Rotten Tomatoes, ninety one percent. Letterbox is three point five. IMDB is 7.6. Metacritic is 89. Uh, Originally on the list, on the AFI Top 100 list, because we're doing the revised list, it was actually movie 100, so it's gone up. Yeah, which is strange. Um, Roger Ebert uh, wrote in 1998 a glowing praise of James Cagney's performance and gave the film four stars, Um, but he said it was just a a by-the-numbers biopic. Yeah. So I would just say Hollywood um, just are absolutely abhorrent at doing biopics, yeah. especially musical biopics. They are always just an excuse to have the music. Great take in. And that leads perfectly into uh, one of my favorite segments on all our shows. It's the hot take, which is clickbait. And this week I'll, st- I'll start off and Hannah just perfectly go into my hot I take is... Thank you for teeing me up, Hannah. Uh, my hot take is... There's no difference between this movie and Bohemian Rhapsody. Absolutely, Absolutely none. Um, or their few, except um, we like um, gay people now. There's difference. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> I just, I just think the the different, like, the Bohemian Rhapsody is Queen basically yeah. had full approval of that script because they wouldn't let them use that music, and well, George I, M. Cohan would not let. I would love to go into the whole hidden depth. Well, I know so much well about that movie. Freddie Mercury, like Freddie Mercury didn't um, find out that he had AIDS until well after the um, well, cause you know how they, AIDS concert. Do you know the original script of Bohemian Rhapsody? Uh, yeah. The the fact that Queen wanted they wanted Freddie Mercury to die halfway through the movie, mm-hmm. and then the rest of the movie was Queen afterbirth is death. Yeah. I'm sorry. No one is yep. there for you. And this is like George M. Cohen just making up the fact that he didn't have two wives. Yeah, he, no, he wanted to show that. Just, yeah. What, I, had, I was born before. Yeah. I'm almost American, American. You know, he just, he wanted to show off. Yeah. Like, I, I couldn't find it on the wall. I was too old. But I could sing. I could do. The, there's a scene in this movie. Where, where he goes he, and tries to join the wall. He tries to draw in the wall. And they're like, you're too old. Yeah. Sorry, mate. Mate, and you're he, nearly 40. He's like, well, they can't do what I can do. Yeah, and he's just dancing. dancing. With no sound. Yeah, they all just watch him. He's like, "Oh, that's great!" But like, we N- need mate, we need you to. Then you create a song, and then he creates over there. Yeah, like, oh, <laughs> I just and I clickbait for you. Uh, well, besides the fact that there are no good musical biopics because they're 
Mm-hmm. Especially, this is Hollywood. Hollywood at this time. Are there any bi- good pipe picks at all? Uh, we could argue like Oppenheimer or JFK or something like or, that. Or, Hannah, you're really my real house, JFK. Yeah, yeah. But it's more so Is JFK like, on AFI Top 100? Uh, I do not believe Maybe that. we should revisit <laughs> AFI Top 100. We'll make our own. We'll make our own. Yeah. Uh, Great idea for a podcast. When it comes to musicals, it's, especially if you're doing a singer or a writer or something, yeah. you have to replay their big hits or people get angsty. Yeah. Uh, and this film, I think you could question mark a lot of his big hits because, yeah, he has like good, catchy songs, but I would give his music a pretty much, it's like that generic uh, Broadway music. It's yeah. Like very filler. Well, really the only play. one that would be still played now out of all these is uh, Give My Regards to Old Broadway. That's the yeah, only I song. I mean, the other two big hits of his over there. Songs, yeah. And a know? flag song. The flag song would get played around yeah, July 4th but, and stuff. Yeah, over there is a war song. Yeah. Really. Yeah, it, it wouldn't get. It, it but didn't get played after World War Two. If you watch any of these biopics, they really try to hide the fact that there's anything wrong in Hollywood because there's like if you've ever seen like there's the Eddie Duchin story there's uh, Words and Music is pretty bad where it's the Roger, it's um, uh, Hart and Rogers yeah and Hart was actually like a terrible like alcoholic and, and mm. a lot of dark past but in the in the movie um, Mickey Rooney is just he's, he's just sick he went away <laughs> and he came back he <laughs> was just a little bit ill and he's just yeah. he's just unwell just make it up Dude, uh, Hollywood drinking. just makes it up 100% yeah, they're, they're like oh oh and it's like dude totally good <laughs> um yeah it's it's they try to hide a lot of the, the anything bad going on in this they just yeah it's just well if you like a if you like a hot take don't forget to listen to our movie news podcast which drops Thursday every week and you will get Hot, hot takes right off the press called clickbait. Let's get on to our review. Mm. Yankee Doodle Dandy, movie number 98, Reasons to See Hannah. It is a, well, you'll find out the interesting life of George M. Carr. Or the, mate, the one I made up. Well, yeah, but you did learn, like, well, I didn't really know going in when I first watched it who George... I had heard the name. Yeah. The only time... So it's not really... I wouldn't say he's had a lasting legacy in pop culture, by all means. Well, the statue. The statue, but no one looks that up. Uh, All I know is, like, in other songs, they use the music Cohan. Like, they use that line. Because he was, like, a huge thing on Broadway. Yeah, for sure. And I think... And even this film tries to portray the fact he was huge on Broadway, but... As time has gone on, yeah, no, no one really remembers. Even in the it. movie, yeah. even in the movie, yeah. they're like, no one yeah. remembers you, mate. Yeah. What have you done for us lately? And then, and then he's like, that. Even the over there song, the all these soldiers are singing, and they like, he's, and they're like, don't you know this one, old timer? It's like he wrote it. He knows the song. Uh, but reasons to, it's just a just, great dance numbers. Like he, I, James Cunningham does so great. Enjoyable. Watch. Yeah. It's just, it's just a really nice... Yeah, it's really easy. You turn off your brain. It's just, it's yeah. It's very America. Yeah. Very and it's, America. It's, it, it, there's no... It's just one note throughout the movie. If you're not, you you're going to get surprised from it. and breathe America, it's America. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so reasons not to... It's definitely not groundbreaking. Like, you you get the montages. You get the the usual stuff. If you, if you 
want to know about history and stuff like that, don't watch this movie. It's definitely they're, not one of those. They've done documentaries on him and stuff. 100%. Uh, let's go on to, does it deserve to be on the list, Hen? I know why it's on the list. I don't think it deserves it. No, I don't think it deserves it. there's other musicals that really redefine yeah. the genre. Like, Meet Me in St. Louis yep. is a huge one. I reckon if they were doing the uh, list now, it wouldn't be on it. Oh, I, it wouldn't be on it. I would also go, I would, so I would make a case for, like, Meet Me in St. Louis if you're going to go a movie, a musical during that time. Yeah. Because that changed kind of the format because no one had taken, because this, what this movie struggles with is that it's still the same format of you'd only get the musical numbers during a stage show. Yeah. You'd never get it outside, like, he's not singing out and dancing no, no, in the not. middle of the street. No. no it's not, it's not that kind of yeah. thing that we see later on in musicals. Yeah. But, uh, Meet Me in St. Louis is one of the first ones. And that's due to sound issues and stuff like that, yeah. It's more so that they didn't know how to incorporate musicals into real-life yeah. situations. And yeah, they, true. And they hadn't been done, and people yeah. had only seen them on the stage. And that's yeah. what people wanted to see, what they saw on stage. Yeah. On a show. But I would say it wouldn't make it. I, even James Cagney's performance, while it's oh. enjoyable, I don't think it's yeah, like breathtaking. <laughs> yeah, I think he did a great job, and he's great at the dancing. He does like seeing the dancing of George M. Cohen. He did it. I he did it perfectly. So the bit where he's singing Yankee Doodle Dandy—that's probably my favorite part. So uh, doesn't deserve to be higher on this list, in our opinion. Uh, would you buy it on Blu-ray? Well, you already have well, a copy. I own a copy because you know I, I can't help it. I, just, I see it, and I, I. And finally, would you watch this movie again? I would watch it again. And, uh, so would you watch or miss? Would you recommend watch or miss? I would miss it if you're not into musicals. musicals. I think it's just, it's pretty one note. And you're writing for this movie, Hen? I just, that's hard for me. Uh, my personal rating? Yeah, I, look, I reckon it's right down the line, golf clap. I yeah, just think it's I just... Was thinking, it's a golf clap for yeah. sure. I'm just saying that, you know, it's a golf clap because it's a solid musical that's a yeah. little watch. Uh, and I think it's just a solid movie. I think it's a solid, solid movie. movie. I just don't think it actually... It's nothing outstanding. It's yeah. It's nothing thought-provoking or there anything like that. There are better biopics. There are better musicals that should be here. Well, I think there's better movies, and we're going to have one of those next week. 19, uh, 1982 movie, Blade Runner, is not movie 97 mm. on the list. So this is Which great for us because we... It's the original cut, Hen. Oh, so, uh, Ridley so Scott. So, the original out. cut is uh, on Australia. It's in um, on stand, and you can get it digitally on Apple as well. Yeah. Uh, don't forget to leave feedback, uh, good or bad, and we'll read the best ones on the show. Um, we got some feedback that, uh, Hannah, they disagree with you that the fact that um, Woody is the bad guy. It, um, the feedback is I... Mr. Potato Head is the bad guy. Okay, yeah, because he's... Oh, I'd say Mr. Potato Egg is an egg or on. I love those. Yeah, he's just, he's just a I stirrer. I love the man that stirs the pot. Yeah. But Woody, Woody is like the I am the cause of my problems. Yeah, he's not... Uh, <laughs> the leader of the, the negativity the is uh, Woody. He started, and then he wanted to assassinate someone who tried to invade the cult. Yeah. And that's how it happened. Uh, that's it for today's show. Don't forget we have uh, What's Next uh, drops on Wednesdays and we also have Movie News which drops on Thursdays. And we have um, some exciting uh, things coming next week. Uh, next week we're going to review um, Charade. Which, 
Witch's Rod, which is uh, <laughs> starring the great Cary Grant. Um, we're going to do that on... And Audrey Hepburn. Uh, we're going to do that on um, someone else's uh, podcast. Yeah. And we're going to go on Wookiee's uh, Movies and Music. And uh, that will be really enjoyable. And that is next week. We're also, for uh, movie news next week, we're also doing a Santa Christmas slash draft. Yeah. And we're going to have Denny returning. And we're also going to have a special guest because it's a Christmas episode. We need a special guest as well. Uh, so we're looking forward to uh, releasing that information. Don't forget you can catch up on all our socials. Until later in the week uh, when we try to figure out what to watch next. That's my lovely host, Hannah. Goodbye. I'm your host, Peter. Until next week when we try and work out the AFI Top 100, we're looking at Blade Runner. For those at home, give it a watch. Until next week, it's bye for now. <laughs>